to some scary movie. You like scary movies? Uh-huh. What's your favorite scary movie? Uh, I don't know. You have to have a favorite. What comes to mind? Um, Halloween. You know, the one with the guy in the white mask who walks around and stalks babysitters. I'm Shah. I'm Ollie. And we are Creeping It in the Family, a podcast where we dish details about all things horror. Episode 93. Episode <laughs> That counts. <laughs> fuck. Conjuring 3, The Devil Made Me Do It. Oh, fuck it. Right. Also known as <laughs> my favourite con- uh, Fuck, conjuring. no, go fuck yourself. Fuck I off. promise no, you. I promise you, you this is my favourite. You're doing this to piss me off. I, on, I, I, I swear down, I'm not. Why? You, you, know, with, you know with me, Conjuring's, I'm like, eh. Like, yeah. Like, I can take all I was this surprised, one I like. I was surprised that you liked this. I thought you were going to really dislike this film. The reason I liked it is because it's just something different. It, it was just a bit refreshing. It's not... It, like, the the antagonist in this film mm-hmm. is a it's an actual person it's not it's not a demon it's it, it's a person and I out of all the horror films we've done I can't I can't think of one there might be one or two but witchcraft is not really touched upon and I just I just think it's such a fascinating like subject so <laughs> the fact that I like that this film wasn't about a particular demon it was more about a hunt of trying to find like I, I just loved the puzzle behind it like trying to work out where this fucking woman was who was casting all these curses and I like the totems. I like oh, I just I, I like this film. It's one of my well, I'd probably say it's my favorite Conjuring. And I know you're gonna hate that, but I'm, I promise I'm you not winding you up. I promise I'm not winding you up. I actually really did enjoy this film. So I actually bearing it, I've had a stressful week. It's been a really stressful week, just in terms of work, and I've I've had a lot to do. And the one thing I was not looking forward to probably the most was watching this film again. Yeah. Because I was so disappointed. And I feel like now, I watched it back and I did watch it again. And I'm just, I, I just feel, because I love The Conjuring, it's probably like, it's up there with my top favourite horror films, like I adore them. But I, they just, it, they should have just stuck to what they were good at. Like this, and I feel like part of it is because, A, I did, so the, the last time I watched The Conjuring, I didn't know what Lorraine and Ed Warren were really like. Yeah. And now, looking at it from the perspective of, I know who they are and what they're actually like in real life, that pissed me off. Right. Secondly, this was a murder case. This was a this was the death of a real-life man who... Uh, uh, and this case of demonic possession, and they took so many liberties with it. The only thing this film is actually truthful about is the fact that somebody died. Like, the rest of it is just bullshit. Yeah, I know, but as soon as I see based on true story, I don't go thinking, and it's, oh my God, No, but this is, this, there's a difference between fabricating a haunting and fabricating the murder of a man. And I feel like it's a very... It, it put me on edge to start with. But I can, I can stray from it. But another issue that I had with the film, and I've, it's gone out of my head because I've, get, I've gotten so stressed out about it already, that another issue I had with the film was... The difference between Ed, in Ed and Lorraine Warren's relationship, because that was a lot of the conjuring for me, was their relationship and how their relationship was presented in the films. That was different. And it was the fact that this, this film completely throws out the nuance of witches. 
and what they are. Like this, people called her a witch. So you're frustrated because it's not factually accurate. accurate. <laughs> not so much that. I think it, I don't think it was presented well, and I feel like it was completely misjudged. And you know, I you know, I like things about paranormal and spiritual stuff, and it does wind me up when things are not right. I know the Perrin case wasn't right. I know the Enfield case wasn't right. I know that they were partly fabricated, but there was a lot in it that was honest and was like genuine. Yeah, but what's the line as to like, oh, like I don't mind a bit of honesty, but like this I'd was, like a bit of honesty. This yeah, was yeah, but in my eyes, I don't care. Like it, it's either got to me, it's either got to be a hundred percent true to story or a hundred percent bullshit. It, yeah, but it set a lot of people up badly, and it, it's it makes a lot of people look bad. This was Ed and Lorraine's fever dream of what the satanic panic was, which was what was class. Whereas in actual fact, the satanic panic was an era when lots of people were per- persecuted and judged and arrested and go- went under horrific sort of punishments because they were different and they, yeah, they looked I, different. I, I, I know, I was going to speak about it later, the topic of how like, we, like witches were given the most brutal punishments. Have you got your t-shirt oh, yeah, on yeah, inside? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I have actually. Anyway. I thought you got an off-brand Nike t-shirt no, and it backwards. These witches, like, I know there was a long wrongfully convicted, but this isn't... The conjuring are in a space for them to touch upon that. I think the conjuring is meant to be scary and gripping, and this one, for me, was was up there with the best of them. See, it doesn't help that I didn't find this scary. I didn't jump once, like even at the cinema. And I watch, you know, I watch horror films at the cinema quite often. And Halloween makes me jump, and I'm no doubt Scream will make me jump. But this didn't make me jump. It I didn't... prefer I prefer this over the the fucking same formula of. Cute family, struggling family, oh, demon, oh, Ed and Lorraine saved the day, oh no, like we've, it looks like it's all going wrong, oh no, we've saved the day, it's all gone right. I I, I really enjoyed this different, it, it was just somewhat different, which is what we often on this podcast scrutinise franchises or, or like um, continuations of a film go on for, it's like it's just the same thing. Whereas this for me, like it was, it was just a different film. And I thought Ed and Lorraine was really good in this, I, thought, I, I quite liked the, the premise. The last film was more. Um, the last film, I felt you know it was all about Ed. Um, like Ed was, she saw his mm. death. I saw his death. I quite liked that. In this film, like Ed had to take more of a back seat because of his health, and it was more Lorraine. Like I, no, I, that's not my problem. I know, I'm not saying it was your problem. I'm just saying no, this is what I like. Yeah, I liked it. I agree, and I I like the fact that Lorraine took more of a lead as well. But my problem wasn't how the relationship was presented in terms of Ed having to take a step back. My problem was the way he spoke to her and how he and you know the the little sexist comments he makes and things like that and it, it was so unnecessary because it just felt like such a far cry from how they were presented in one and two because they were very much presented as equal I believed in one and two like the there was no sort of like undertone but then in this one there's it, it's just little comments he makes like um, when she's about to go under the house and he's like you'll ruin your dress. And it's little things like that that wind me up. I feel like but you're getting feminist no, about it. No, I'm not. I do because he's not saying that as in like, oh, Doc, when there you're a woman. You you know from the previous conjurings how much belief like Ed's got in her. He's, he's, he's only looking at it. He's not saying, like, just saying, oh, you'll ruin your dress. That's just saying, oh, you, I know you like that dress. I don't want you to ruin it. No. And him being worried for her safety going in there in the first place. No, it's not. And it's not the whole feminist aspect. That's a complete different thing. Feminist is on about equality in women. What I'm talking about is the idea that there was no...
no sort of misogyny in the previous Conjuring films and there was no mention. She fell down a fucking basement in the first one. There was no, oh, you'll get you dressed dirty in that one. It just feels like a real far no, cry That from seems what like were. such a straw clutch for a reason to not like the film. Or no, to put I'm not saying film. that's why I didn't like the film. I don't I'm know. I, th- I, think, I think you've told that a different way. I think it is just him saying, no, oh, I, I don't need it, to ruin your dress. I think it's bad screenwriting. I think, it, I, I think it was just put in there for the sake of being put in there. I don't think it was necessary. And, you know, it's his complete overreaction to the in the police station, whereas he's talk because he's talking about my wife's not a parlor trick. They're not saying she's a parlor trick. They're looking at complete validity of what she's doing, and it's like see, I disagree with it. I think he's sticking up for her. Like he's, they're they're saying they're they're patronizing, saying oh we don't like we don't believe what you do. Like it's a lot of bullshit. And then saying go on then do it, do it. I'd also be like she's not a fucking performing monkey. She's like it, like it's it's a disrespect to her power. So yeah, Wayne's gonna uh, Wayne Ed's gonna get a bit annoyed about it. I I just don't see it, and I think Lorraine is perfectly capable of defending herself. They need that case file. The only re- the only way they're gonna get that case file is if she can identify the knife, and she's just like that. I way. I don't see it. I don't. I, I'm not saying I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying I didn't see. I didn't get that impression. Yeah, I think. But I think we've talked about this before I look in depth in horror films and you don't you take it at a base value you, you do, do if you have a like if it's Neve Campbell you'll look at something so in Neve Campbell you'll look at something so in depth or if it's Evan Lorraine Warren because if it's something you feel passionately about because you've got such a strong opinion on it like the Conjuring Free could have been like the worst film ever, but as long as Ed and Lorraine's relationship is true to what you want it to be, I think you'll be like, oh, it's it's fine. But just because like, I don't I don't understand like you've you've made a lot of points about like why this film's bad because of Ed and, well not bad but you didn't like it as much because of Ed and Lorraine Warren, but like I'm not hearing anything about this like, and I know you're saying like about witches and stuff, but not everything has to be true to story or true to belief. Well, For example, we watched fucking Jaws last week, which whole thing like mate, turns people up against sharks. And it's not that like that's just that's just Hollywood that's just film like yes it like film would be boring if everything had to be true to story and I get what you're saying it because I I I was thinking like one of the points we'll talk about is how like because obviously now we know witchcraft is bullshit and there was so many people who who went through some brutal punishments and deaths and humiliation because they was deceived as a as a witch or um what's is, is there a different word for a male witch a warlock. A warlock, like did like people in, I don't know, however BC or a long time ago. No, not that long. It was in the eighties. But but, but anyway, regardless of when it was, it's been. I know it's been going on for a while. Like people were wrongly trialed and wrongly killed, but this this not what the film about. It's not an educational thing. It's a, it's a it's a scare. It's a scary film. They need to they need to amplify everything to the max. Make it as dramatic as possible. Make it as like the the more make believe it is, the more imagine the more freedom you've got to make it as scary as you want. Like if it was true to story, it probably would have never been as entertaining as I thought it was. So just before, like just pulling back to that because it is very relevant of when the satanic panic was. You're, you're we we've got two very different interpretations of witchcraft and occultists right now, and we need to level out before we start this because otherwise it's gonna get miscommunicated. Not in terms of how we talk about it but you're going to think of a different thing to me so the satanic panic was very different to salem you're thinking the salem witch trials when they were like thrown in rivers to chairs to make to see if they were witches or not or burned at the stake the satanic panic was something completely different so that was when occultists and cults in general were at a complete rise and the police were actually absolutely terrified and genuinely thought that these people who were doing sacrifices and stuff were causing murders and mayhem and chaos and things like that whereas actually these were just normal people but because it was like in the 80s time 
it was you know people people were expressing themselves and people didn't like that and they were arrested and tried for crimes that they never committed and told that they were doing things that they weren't and a lot of people were really severely emotionally physically and mentally damaged by the satanic panic so this wasn't this wasn't so where does that link into the film because this was the satanic panic this this is this is set in the satanic panic yeah yeah, but I don't, I don't, I don't feel like so. Just because it's set during them times, this film's instantly wrong for not touching upon it. Because I don't. No, the film it's is their, about no, it's their fever dream. It's it's not. This is this was what Ed and Lorraine Warren thought the Satanic Panic was. So the, this whole concept is the idea that Ed and Lorraine Warren uh, have conjured up. <laughs> have conjured. No, not feeling it. Okay, right, cool. <laughs> Carry on. <laughs> so it's uh, it, it's the idea that this this was what the the, the the satanic panic was, and I just I feel like hauntings as emotional as they are for the family, and I'm not saying they're not. Um, so like the Perrin case and the Enfield case, it was it was a tragedy for them, but nobody died. Right. And but this, a lot of people were serious. Like this was a mass thing. This was a serious issue, and um, that hurt a lot of people. And I just feel like it was really misrepresented, and I under I understand what you mean completely. But surely, you, but surely you see by the fact that I don't even know what the satanic panic yeah. was. This film didn't it didn't try and perceive that it was during this. It didn't it didn't ever mention anything about it. Yeah, I get so it. But for people, you, you're who, only ill informed if you already know about it, and I'm, I'm guessing that's not what it was trying to do. But a lot of a lo- I'm not I'm not saying that you like you're illy informed about stuff. But a lot of people know about the satanic panic. It's not it's not just a. I know it and paranormal. So what could the film have done to, to make that to justify They couldn't, it. that's the problem. But they, what they've done is they've taken a murder case and the satanic panic and slung them together when it was nothing to do with the satanic panic to begin with. That that's where my problem lies. And I understand if you're not informed about it, I get it, and I get what you mean completely. But the, I do have other reasons why I don't like this film. But it is more around the background of what it is. And it didn't scare me. Like, this film did not scare me in the slightest. It, I didn't regard it as a horror film. I was really upset by what happened in it. Uh, not, not upset, that's, that's, not over, that's not the right word to use. I was like, disappointed. I was disappointed in the film. And I just feel like it was a complete different sort of franchise. And you can tell James Wan didn't direct it. Like, you can tell. It's a different, it's a different take on The Conjuring, that's why. Yeah, I'm not saying, and I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm not saying that it's, you know, I hated the film, so everybody should hate the film. I just didn't like where it went there. I and, preferred it. I think this is a And that's fine, that's it. fine. But I, I just feel like they they took a lot of licence of two very tragic circumstances and flung them together. And for in terms of the um, David Geltzer case and the Arnie Hammer... Uh, is it Arnie Hammer? Oh, that's not right. It's not Arnie Hammer. It's... Arnie Jackson, yeah, Johnson, Arnie Sherman Johnson, that's it. In, in terms of that case, you're right, not a lot of people know about it. And I'm not going to lie, until I researched it properly a few months ago, I didn't know a lot about it as well. But that was the point. Like, it, it, people who would watch this film and then think about it and talk to them about, about it with people will have a very different case. You know people who watch a film and then they think they know the full story and they're like, oh no, this happened, this was what happened. Yeah. And that winds me up, like at least research something before yeah, but you that, say about that's it. Just, that's just general consumers. Like if, you, if you're talking about, like if, you, if you're resorting back to a film as being historic, historically accurate, then yeah, you're an idiot. 
But if people are just talking about like in, in this film, people are like, oh yeah, well, like this happened. I don't, I don't, you can't take offence to that. That's just, they can only go off what they've seen. If they're trying to argue against somebody trying to educate them on actual research, then that's fine. They just didn't need to bring the satanic panic into it. They didn't. The, 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 just because it's filmed in that era doesn't mean it was brought into no, it. They don't mention it once. No, Ollie. It, so the, this film should have not existed by your premise because it's, it's done in this an This film should it's... have been done differently. This film should have been done differently. How? How should it have been done? I don't know. I'm not a director. I'm not a writer. So I wouldn't be able to tell you. But all I'm saying is to bring two cases together that are completely separate, both having tragic circumstances, and then infer that that was due to why... Arnie, John, uh, Arnie Johnson murdered a man is completely wrong. And they, it's very misleading at the end as well. Like, the whole the whole trial is very misleading as well. The, the actual premise of it, I understand, but they didn't have to do it the way they did it. And I'm not saying I have all the answers, and I'm not saying that, you know, I, I could have done better, but I just feel like it was putting two very tragic circumstances together where it wasn't necessary. And when we find out a little bit more about the behind-the-scenes trivia, which I am actually looking forward to sharing with you, that, that does jade my view of a film, but that's my personal preference. I'm not saying I want everything to be historically accurate. I can enjoy the Titanic and know that Jack and Rose never existed, but I, there's, just, there's a difference between exploiting a very tragic circumstance and... In not being as historically accurate as possible. That's what I enjoyed about the Conjurings. They were fabricated. I'm, you know, I'm not going to go around and say, well, this happened, this happened, this happened, because it didn't. And they were made, you know, Ed and Lorraine Warren were made to look like the same. Yeah, but it says the exact same as it says in this one. As this story is based on true events, it says that in every Conjuring. It does, but it, it it's not so much the fact it's based on true events as it's entirely fabricated. Like this, the only thing this story has is the name of yeah, but, yeah, but we've been over that. We've been Johnson. over how, how films are allowed to say that. They don't act... All, all the, the, a film can clutch so far and say this is based on a true story, even if all they've got is that it was in the same fucking... De- they've named the town the same as where something yeah. happened. That's all... Like something is, that's all they have to say to say it's based on a true story. And The Conjurings have done that in the first one, the second one, and they've now done it in the third one. Like that, That's just how it is. It's very different circumstances. That's, that's my issue. And as I say, I know... the. The Perrin case in the first one was very tragic to the family and it must have been haunting and terrifying. Same with the Enfield house. It was a, And it's a very personal circumstance, but it's not the same as a murder case. And then, because they're inferring here that the reason a murder happened was because of the, the situation with the satanic panic. So the occult, the, the occultists, it's their fault. Yeah. And it wasn't that at all. Like, there was nothing to do with the occult in that case. And I understand the whole based on true events thing, I get. Like, you don't have to base it on true events. You just have to share the name with something. But at the same point, it's put occultists in a very bad light. And I, it, I, I just don't think it's fair. And it's Only fair. if you care past this point. But we're, like, past a certain point, as, like, you do, like, with Ed and Laurent. But for the average consumer, they've just turned up. Like they're not gonna they're not gonna leave the cinemas and the cars and go fucking hell that Arnie like I think like no one no one cares about that like not no one but the average consumer doesn't like I think as a face value film this is the best conjuring the yeah and that's fine and I'm not disputing that point and I do I do I do it. get what you're saying you're saying it's distasteful to yeah. to pluck from different times this and this and let's make it into this entertainment yeah but I'm saying that I. I'm not saying that's not distasteful, but I'm saying like I'm here to rate what I saw on that screen. I'm not not like the not like the um, what's it called? Not like the moral 
decisions they came to before to make that film. Yeah, and, and I I'm understand that. Face value. Because I'm, I don't, I can give a flying fuck about Ed and Lorraine, Lorraine Warren in real life. Um, I like what I see on screen, so that's what I'm gonna judge. Like I'm, like, like it's pissed you off how they were in real life because they don't match how they're perceived on screen. Like you'd rather be that lovey dovey couple. Yeah. That's just Hollywood. That's just how it is. Like Ed and Lorraine, for all we know, might have seriously, seriously. Um, took advantage of some really vulnerable people yeah. and made profit off it, made mm-hmm. money off of it. But they're not perceived like that in the film. Like, no, they're you, not. Could, you could say a lot of families were affected. Some were probably like, like they're probably terrified. If this is how there was, they might, like we, we discussed at the end, we, we can't say... We it, can never, yes. com- we were never yeah, there. Yeah, exactly. But they could. But they never go about that in the film. There's not a film that's been shown that... No, they don't. Actually, no, nah, they could have been real pieces of shit. It's just how... It's how the the produ- well how the production company wants to wants people to absorb the the entertainment they're putting out. Yeah. It's how they want to like you've looked past that and looked at the moral dilemmas of picking a film like this. But I, for me, not being clued up on it, I couldn't see a problem with it. And I didn't. I didn't look like sometimes I've watched a film and I've left them obviously googled about something because I think I want to know more. I won't Google in this case. I wasn't because it's a beginning, middle, and end. It's and I I left this didn't go to the theatre but I, I finished watching this film knowing that everything I've seen is probably complete bullshit I've just really enjoyed what they've, what they've made up like I don't see it as real life yeah but you know this as a horror fan so you know this as A a horror fan B somebody who's got a sister who is well informed about stuff like that and has done a side episode on Angle Rain Warren and has done The Conjurings and talked about how actually yeah they're not probably factually but, true but, but, but the whole Conjuring premise is Ed and Lorraine being so loved up so but how is that fair on the consumer to believe that that's how Ed and Lorraine Warren was when they could have been complete dickhead? The people out there might say they hate him and yeah, and that's but I'm agreeing with you there. But that, like I'm I'm, I'm so sure the Conjuring one and two are at fault as well for perceiving that Ed and Lorraine. They are this. completely. I'm not saying they're see, not at fault I, for that. See, but I think that's just I think that's ridiculous. I feel like if you're if you go into film right and believe stuff that happens in it, that's on you being an idiot. That, yeah, but that's so on many you. people do. That's on them then. Like you but, can't. And I'm and then I'm gonna back up. You may have enjoyed it as a general consumer, but there are millions of other general consumers who went into that cinema and did not like it. That's it's that's been fine, it's been the least ranked thing. That I just I've I've heard good reviews about it. I've, I have. I've, I've say I I I think you're taking it personal. Like you're not personal to obviously you, but you're you're getting offended over something or or not offended, but. I think you just need to distance yourself from what it is they've done like and just focus on the work they've put out like the actual film. Well, no, because I didn't like the film. That's fine, but we'll get into it. We'll speak about why we yeah. didn't like the film. But I'm, that first point, I just think you need to disconnect from what it is you, like, you think they've done wrong, like morally or like plucking. I'm, say, I'm not saying it's not distasteful. Yeah, I, I don't am, mean I don't like the film for it. I get that, but I, I think it's quite unfair for you, to, for, me to, for you to say to me, try and distance yourself and disassociate yourself with it. Well, and that's what I enjoy about horror. Like, that's how I take my perception from horror. I, I, I appreciate and I acknowledge the fact that you, in, you, in, you just enjoy horror for what it is at face value. But for me, my enjoyment of horror comes from looking in depth about it. I find an interest in looking at that film that way. So if I want to, if I want to then say, you know, I didn't like it because of these reasons, then that that should be acceptable, just as I accept the fact that okay, yeah, I'm face not, value. Well, well, I'm not, I'm not getting at you. Like, no, I'm, no, I'm no. Only, we're only debating. I'm not. Yeah, getting no, at same, you here. That's what I'm saying. But it's like, all right, then never watch Jeepers Creepers again ever in your life because of what happened, what that director was about as a person. But this is what I'm saying. It's not fair to judge the film on what we've spoke about that. So yeah. I feel like you can't criticize the. You can criticize the film for. That I don't know. That aesthetic was poor. That lighting was poor. That acting was shit. But in terms of the film, like, I can't. 
Like, you're pissed off at me for like it. Not pissed off, but you know what I'm saying. No, I was I, jokingly, I like, pissed off. Like, I, no, I was... I, was I like it because I think it's a really good film. That's, yeah, that's, that's fine. That's why I like and it. I'm not... Like, I'm not... I don't care enough to look past it and think... Not, not, not that I don't... Well, no, I don't care, like... I, like, I can't now say that because you said that I suddenly care about it. It might be wrong. It's like... It's like watching Jeepers Creepers again. You know it. You know that the director's done all these terrible things, but you still enjoy that piece of art that was made with a team of other people that put a lot of effort in it. It's the same as you've got to look at it. Is this like, yeah, maybe someone made a decision somewhere where they, sh- they should have thought, actually, is, is this... Like, but then again, you can't even say historically accurate because none of them are. There's no films that are historically accurate. I can, can I just say as well, I feel like comparing Victor Salvo to Jeepers Creeps is very different from comparing no, the No, 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 you can't. I'm not comparing the things that they've done. No, I'm just saying. Okay, you're not even letting me finish. I've, I was just about to say, I, or not, I know exactly what, because I didn't get to finish, but what, what I was going to say was, I'm, I'm not critiquing Ed and Lorraine Warren here. And but I I am critiquing Victor Salvo about Jeepers Creepers like he's a piece of shit. But that's nothing to do with the film. Whereas the actual film itself, they threw two very real cases together. Like Jeepers Creepers isn't based off something that somebody bad had done. The, this is a murder case. And but, but my my point is that the, that's not the whole idea of the film. Like the film isn't about like the film hasn't brought to light these two different cases. They've not made it like. Yeah, it, like, like even the case, right? It's not, it's not a fucking huge part of the film. It's just what gets it going. Like what gets it going is trying to find this this witch that's casting spells, and I feel like that's just so light hearted. Like they're not they're not touching on any like really touchy subjects. They don't like even for films that could, they don't bring religion into it too much. It's all, and I know you've looked past that, and but I I feel like you've got to judge the film based on what you see on screen, like. That that's how I feel, and if you don't like it because of that, then that's fine. Mm. But I don't, I don't know. I feel like these issues, like there wasn't really touched upon. The what the what they didn't try and make it about these two different cases. Like I I didn't even know about the satanic hero. Like for me, it's just a witch who's cast some spells on a, on someone that's made that's framed him, not framed him, but he's committed a murder because he's possessed, and they're trying to stop this witch from completing a curse. That's that's how I see this film, and I feel like yeah. that's so. That's that's so light-hearted that I can't get where the where, where you're offended from it. But then I, I can understand the the um the what I can't remember the words I just used. But like welcome to our three-part episode on yeah, the Conjuring yeah, Two. Yeah, like, <laughs> I, I I understand where you're saying that the plucking different cases for me just to the make three, it on saying for a not film. The Conjuring Two. The Conjuring Three. Yeah, but that's like yeah. that that for me is just what films films do like the. It's all about making them as entertaining as possible, and as long as that, as long as I think for me that's fine. As long as you don't try and use that, as as long as I don't feel like they was trying to educate me in this film. That's the best way to put it. I don't feel like they were trying to educate me on a court case. The the only reason you might people might perceive that is because it said based on a true story, but I didn't see that. I didn't see them explaining this court case. The court case that. I actually think that the big thing wasn't about him being proven innocent. It was more about him surviving, like the curse not killing him, like making him kill himself. That that it the, the court was just, well, the case was just something that was happening very lightly in the background. So maybe the purpose had done that. They've not tried to do because I when, at first when the when they say they need a lawyer and they're going to try and they're going to try and convince the jury that it was a demonic possession that made him kill, so he can't be tried for murder. I thought that the whole like a lot of this film was going to be battles in court of lawyers and proving and disproving like yes it can exist no it can't exist he's just crazy he's not crazy he's possessed and maybe then that would have 
been more distasteful because you're making it about the court case. But the film was more about catching this witch and stopping a curse than it was proving a man's innocent. Do you know? Do you know what I mean? The case. I get wasn't it. The main I get it. The film. See, I, I disagree with that. I think I understand, and I, I I'm trying to put myself in the place of somebody who does not know much about it, but. At the end of that film, you you take away the fact that actually we feel sorry for Arnie Johnson because he was possessed when he murdered a man and he didn't actually mean it. Yeah. But he he wasn't possessed. Right. Like that's the point. We come out of that thinking of Arnie Johnson as an anti-hero. So the idea he did something bad, but it wasn't really his fault. The devil made me do it. Whereas it's complete and utter bullshit. Like, and that, that's what frustrates me. And you are right to a certain extent. I do, like, I am bringing up the, the real case and things like that. But, the, you know, there's so many facts about that case. Like, the, the, I'm, I'm going to reveal it now, one of the, one of the behind-the-scenes facts, because I can't edge around it without saying it. The, uh, the uh, I don't know, the, um, let, me, let me find the actual word for it, because I don't want to get it wrong. The defence, yeah. The defence's statement of being done for, you know, the reason, uh, not guilty of murder through demonic possession, the judge immediately threw it out of court because there was no possible scientific way to believe it. So actually, that was just a very small part, but they've now gone and made out, like, oh, actually, no, Arnie Johnson's all right because he was under the devil's impression when he was possessed by the devil when it happened. And... There, there was nothing to do with the satanic panic at that time. There was, and I'm trying to, I'm not saying satanic panic, but there was, there was nothing behind the idea of witchcraft with this possession. So it is like they've taken two very separate things, thrown them together. And I just feel it was really misinformed. And you could have, I would have been fine with this film if it hadn't been a conjuring film. Because the conjuring films based on true cases and I say that very loosely if this had been a film where there was a there was a witch casting spells and doing this and this and it, it's the wordplay it's it, not based on true cases it's based on true event the event happened that Arnie Johnson stabbed someone and that they the, the reason they'll legally be able to do it is because that, per, that person did stab someone or kill someone and the word demonic possession was mentioned in court that's your true event now we can grab that and do whatever the fuck yeah. we want. Yeah, it. definitely. Like you just don't like that. That's allowed. You don't. You don't think that's that's right that they should be able to do that. Yeah, and I just. I, I, is that is that your point? You don't. You think that's wrong. Not just that, but and I I see what you mean by that. But I didn't enjoy the film, and it's not just that behind it because you're absolutely right. Now that I know the history of the Arnie Johnson case, I do feel very strongly about it. But. I hadn't known about the Arnie Johnson case before I watched the film. Yeah, and I came I, out I, of there I, disappointed. I agree. I'm, I'm interested to hear your points on why I don't like it because I know there will be some because it's not like the other conjurings, which, what you, which you really yeah, I, like. I really enjoy like them. The, 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 uh, but the, on the flip side, I'm not a massive fan of the conjurings, but mm. because this is something different, that's why I'll enjoy yeah. it. And that's and that's fine. And I do, you know, we we do sound like we get very aggressive and argumentative with each other, but we're not. We it's just because we get passionate about what we stick to yeah. on the podcast. <laughs> we we're not ready to throw punches. Well, I'm not ready to throw punches. Not yet. There, there were a few. Oh, we'll get into it anyway because we've still got. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're now do. half an hour in and we haven't actually featured it. So we will start at the very beginning. So we meet David Glatzel, and I don't know if it's Glatzel. But I say Glatzel because I'm British and I pronounce it how I pronounce it. But he's having an exorcism at eight years old. Now we see this boy and he really is a well, like he's really struggling. And one thing I do want to 
talk about in this film that I did enjoy was this exorcism scene. I thought it was very, yeah. very well done. So Arnie's having a conversation with David and he's just sort of saying, you know, I'm not going to let anything hurt you. You've been so brave. You're doing really well. And it's a really sweet scene between the two of them. And can I, did, did you notice the little exorcist sort of like nod at the beginning when the vicar comes in under the street lamp? Oh, yeah, I yeah, was yeah, pissing myself. Yeah. I was like, it's a fucking country lane. I was like, there is not a street lamp yeah. there, but you have done that deliberately. But uh, he, he comes in and Ed's not looking very well. Lorraine's concerned about Ed. She's like, no, there's something not right. But David's laid in bed and a massive bang wakes him up. And he runs into the bathroom because he's frightened. And this bit was very good. So you hear like the door open and then the hands creep over the shower top. Yeah, it's that is creepy. I, w- I will give them that. But then blood just starts flying out of the taps. Yeah. And he's just absolutely soaked in it. And you hear David screaming and the whole group of them run upstairs. David's in the corner and... his dad I'm presuming his dad because we don't actually see his mum and dad for the rest of the film near enough then and he he walks upstairs with him and he's like you know you'll be okay you're alright what's the matter you're you're alright and David just stabs him in the leg like absolutely shanks him we don't hear about him maybe because he fucking maybe died yeah (laughs) because that looked like it cut some sort of artery big fucking chunk of glass on it yeah and they drag him downstairs and what I really enjoyed about this scene as I say there are some good points to it I'm not saying I hate this film like all the way through because when they're dragging him downstairs he's not actually gripping onto the wall is he not? It's the demon's claws, but oh, he's yeah, not yeah. touching them. Yeah. And I just I thought that was really effectively done. And he's all scratched and he's foaming at the mouth and he's really not doing very well. So Lorraine, they're all holding him down on the dinner table and Lorraine gets this weird vision and she doesn't really know what's happening yet, but she's struggling with it. And shit's going down, the shit's flying everywhere. Did did you not laugh when that priest got yeeted by a dinner plate? Because I yeah. was just pissing myself. Well, I do sometimes think that in exorcisms, I think, why why don't the demon just lob something at the priest and then it's game over? He just takes him down with a dinner plate. It's so yeah. funny. And David manages to get pulled off the table. He's contorting himself and it looks absolutely petrifying. And he leaps on Ed and sits on top of him and he says, I've got your heart, old man. And it like it, it's visibly is that terrifying. what it says? Like, I've got your heart. I've got old your man. heart, old right. man. I I, didn't, I couldn't rewind it because it, it kept bugging when I tried to rewind. And he sort of like smacks down on his chest really hard, and we've Ed ends up having yeah, a heart attack. A heart attack yeah. And Lorraine at this point, Lorraine looks like she's having a stroke because she's holding her head and like falling yeah. over everywhere because something's wrong. Now I quite like the double meaning in this because that is the first time Lorraine makes a connection with the occultist, the witch. Yeah, and. It's a double meaning. I've got your heart as in he's got his physical heart having a heart attack, but he's also got the demon's got Lorraine. Yeah. So, and I, I really liked how that worked. And Artie offers himself, Artie, bloody hell. Arnie offers himself After to being the told demon. not to After, fucking speak yeah. to it. He's like, take me instead. No, take me, it's fine. And I just love the way he's like, okay. Well, <laughs> I'm, guess, I'm, I'm guessing, so... I was thinking about this. I said, like, I've, there's a note written down saying, I'm guessing all you need to do is invite them, and that's... Well, yeah, you're an open vessel, And I'm, you? like, I'm guessing that demons go for kids because kids are the easiest to manipulate. Yeah. And then I'm guessing the idea is... But obviously a kid is quite weak in terms of power, like, power, stature, yeah. like... If you want to go on a killing spree as a kid, it's a lot easier to stop a kid stabbing you than it is to stop a, a six-foot-two, like, built, stocky male. 
So the demon being offered like a healthy, young, fit um, man mm. to to take over his body is like fucking payday. Like I can yeah. skip all the fucking willpower breaking I, yeah, I, down. I can skip all the opening and closing doors and turning lights on. I have to shit him up to like gradually progress him over however long. I can just do it now. So that's why I jumped in. Yeah, I agree. And I feel like it's the idea as well. You as a child. I mean, I suppose you can, but like an adult could probably cause a bit more destruction in a vessel yeah. than a child could. Like, I, I don't know, but, but I mean, because he did successfully manage to like stab his dad in the shard, yeah. in the leg with a shard of glass, so maybe that's not quite right. But, any case, so everything stops. Arnie's eyes go weird. You can tell he's been possessed. And he, uh, somebody's like call 911 what I love at this point is that everything's like calmed down Lorraine looks like she's had a stroke yeah. the priest knocked out on the floor there's a kid been foaming and only now they choose to call an ambulance and it's, I was it's like, also important to note that Ed was the only one who saw that is how you do a plot point now I'm now talking like I love this film and I don't yeah. like this film I will watch it again but I don't like it however it was so cleverly done yeah. and it was so well weaved in Ed, you know, Ed's eyes widen, and then, but obviously he's too like heart attack yeah. to be able to say anything. And it was so cleverly done. Because I thought in the, in the scene after the exorcism, I think the kids are at what well, I think it's either anyway. But before the film like reiterates the fact that only Ed saw it and like gives it away, there is a scene where they're all happy families again. And I thought, well, where the fuck's where do they think the demons gone? Mm. Because the exorcism wasn't complete. So where do these average? everyday the mill like family members think that this demon's gone yeah. I'm saying Lorraine is smart to know that the doctors go you have to complete the exorcism so I, I was thinking like why is it all happy families but then you find out that Ed's in hospital mm. um, and then as soon as Ed can speak the first thing he says is ring him like the, the demon's there like the, the Arnie's possessed that was so well done it was so well done and that's what I like about The Conjuring now Another little fun fact that I'm, I was going to put in later and I'll probably repeat again. Although James Wan didn't direct this, he did have a heavy influence in production. Yeah. So he was there on set quite a lot. And he does this very well. Think back to Insidious. I mean, for God's sake, you know, being able to, in Insidious 2, being able to play back what originally yeah. happened in Insidious and weave it in. So clever. He never gets tangled in his own fucking... Web. Like, yeah. yeah. The, 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 what's it called? What's the word? Um, Plotline? No, I'm sure you used to use the word in English. Summer order when some chronological. chronological order. Yeah, he always makes sure like he never gets his wires crossed. Where you think, ah, uh, how could that have happened? If, if that this happened was happening back then, then, yeah, he always yeah. gets some like spot on. Yeah, and he does this well, and this film does play with that, and I do, and I appreciate that it did do it very well. So it then goes on to the opening scene. So it's like based on a true story. We've talked yeah. about this for thirty minutes, and. It then talk, it says something like the exorcism of David Glatzel eight years old lasted so many days, but uh, the family once on that day the family thought that the horror was over, but for Annie the case of Annie Shane Johnson it was just beginning. Yeah. So it it just gives you a little bit of brief backstory. So we learn that Ed had a massive heart attack and Lorraine is absolutely devastated. Now this did break my heart, and I don't know whether it is because I don't know it. it I, I don't know about you, but whenever I see like hospital scenes where you love somebody so much yeah. and they've had something really dangerous happen, uh, you know, it, it, it does get to me. So it, it was hard to watch that bit. But it cuts very quickly then to Arnie and his girlfriend kissing in bed. There is a little mention of her being like, well, we, I couldn't wake you up. Mm. So, because he's yeah, like, yeah. why did you let me sleep in so much? Yeah, the audience who have watched Plenty of Conjurance know, that is fucked. But the, the, film, <laughs> the film's uh, like going, oh, I couldn't wake you up. And he gets really sweaty in that, doesn't he? And yeah. We know he's possessed, but they're just giving the, 
the characters a chance to see a Catch change. Catch up with yeah. it, yeah. So Arnie tells Debs, his girlfriend, that he wants to move away. And, you know, after all this has happened with David and stuff like that, we we just want want to move yeah. and she's sort of like well I don't really want to because things have already just started here because I don't I don't 100% know what the living situation is but I think they live rent free because she works at the kennel yeah, that it's supported yeah. with so I think that's sort of where they are and they're having a massive barbecue Annie goes into the house to pick food up and the cereal is knocked back and falls on the floor I did quite like this mm. bit and it and I also like his reaction because A, he was playing with David, so it could have been David yeah. sort of like messing around. But also, he's he sort of not freaking out about it and panicking. He's sort of just a bit like, well, what the fuck yeah. was that? And there's a hole in the wall and a rat sort of comes up it. Is it a rat? I think so. Yeah, it goes up it and like goes into the hole. And he's he's looking at the into the hole and... I just feel like for me, I would have really liked to see an eye there or something like that. I know it was, yeah. I know it was what was meant to throw you off because then yeah. something else happened. But I, I, it would have just been nice to to see that. But instead, there's a witch woman who's the occultist who grabs him from behind. Now it cuts back to the hospital, and the rain hasn't left his uh, Ed's side since he had the stent put in because it was a really serious heart attack. Mm. And it tells the story of how they met, and it is really cute. And this one actually is true to life. Yeah. So they met at the cinema. He was an usher. They fell in love, and that that was how it was. Don't know about the uh, gazebo gazebo thing. thing though, but the uh, the whole cinema thing was quite correct. So. Cuts back to Arnie and we see him and he's not looking well, like he's not great yeah. at all. And he's up on the he's up on a ladder with a chainsaw and he drops the chainsaw and nearly does kills it drop someone. or does it look like he gets pushed off him? Like I, w- I watched it back it's, and it can't yeah, yeah it kind of seems like it's open to interpretation. It did just slip out his hand. It seemed like something forced him to to yeah. Get so rid maybe it was. Yeah. And he ends up coming home ill. So Bruno, who is the lodger. Well, not the lodger, he's sort of like the landlord, I presume. Yeah, he runs a kennel. Yeah, he's the owner, it looks like. He asks him to fix the stereo. And there's no fucking wonder, every time this man gets something fixed, he fucking throws beer all over it. And I was like, well, there's no wonder your shit's broken. But at this point, it cuts back to Ed, who as soon as he wakes up, tells him, he's like, no, we, we need to contact that family, there's something wrong. And Arnie's absolutely fucked up at this point. And this song... This actually, this might be the best point of the Conjuring series for me because when I li- like as soon as I heard that song again, when I watched it at the cinema, it was straight on my playlist, yeah. and I was listening to it non-stop when I'd watched it the night before as well. What's the, t- what's the name of the song? Call Me it. by Blondie. I can't remember. Call me. Oh yeah, I remember. Yeah, and it, it's a brilliant song and it works really well. Arnie thinks that Bruno is attacking Debbie and is turned into this monster, this like demonic. Yeah. So, so to us, it seems like he's hallucinating. But yeah. The thing is, the this this is the this is the the demon. Occultist. Yeah. The the demon taking over him. Yeah, and the, there is a very good scare bit with the where he's like he's in the room and the lights go out and it's black and red and it's turning into a rock and roll version yeah. of Call Me and then it all just goes black and this fucking demon pops up. That was good. Yeah. And. Uh, the next thing we see is Annie walking down the road covered in blood covered in blood and he's arrested and we cut to the interview scene so at this point Ed has recovered enough to be in a wheelchair but he's not well like you can he, he looks completely yeah. different but what makes me laugh you wouldn't have noticed this because you are a heterosexual man 
But as a heterosexual woman, I was watching this and he, he's meant to look like... Because this is about 10 years on from Lorraine, the country. Lorraine looks older. older. Yeah, they do look older because it is quite yeah. advanced in the career. But what makes me piss is that... <laughs> so Patrick Wilson had just finished doing Aquaman and is uh, like he, he was supposed to be really buff for it and like really muscular. Yeah. So Ed's meant to look old and stuff, but he's wearing the tightest trousers and his ass is perfect. Yeah. And I was just pissing myself because he looks so frail and weak, but like when he's like bending down to do something, I was like, that is definitely not the ass of somebody who is like struggling in life. Yeah. But I did laugh. Uh, Annie can read from the Bible, which indicates that he's not possessed yeah. at that moment in time. And that's what the point is. Annie's like, so if I can do all this, then I'm, I must not be possessed. And they're yeah. like, yeah, but we can't say that you weren't possessed when you did it. Because yeah. it might have been that the possession, like the, the demon left you at that point. So Ed and Lorraine then visit the lawyer that's defending Annie. And she's saying that there's absolutely no ch- and I liked this bit as well because it was quite funny she's like there's no chance I'm going to say this in court I'm not going to say not guilty by demonic possession because yeah. it's bullshit and Ed's point is and I do I sim- do I sort of agree with I this I fucking love this point we swear abso- we swear on the bible by God when we go into court so why can't we acknowledge that the devil is true it's, as well exactly and if I'm if like fair believe, enough it's, it's literally checkmated religion like he said, it well if you believe God, why don't you believe the, yeah, believe the we, devil? We if you, swear on the you Bible. Swear on the Bible, like it's, it's all mighty and all true. Why? Why does the the bad side of it not? Well, bad side. I don't, I don't read the Bible, but why does the devil not come out to play? Like why is he shoved off as like, oh, what a load of bullshit? But the God part isn't. Yeah, and I, I, I sort of agree with that in a way. I'm like, you know what? Fair play. If you're not going to acknowledge that the devil exists, you can't acknowledge that God exists as well because both count out each other. Yeah. But I don't like... This is a point that I didn't like about the, uh, the the real life behind it because this is where people become misinformed and say things that they think they know about when they don't. He says, well, why, well, why can't we do the demonic possession because there were two cases in one in England right now with such and such and such and such and actually that was bullshit like it was completely thrown out of court straight away so they're just sort of like backing up their own bullshit with other bullshit that's also made up but you know that's that's reading up on it so they (laughs) I like this bit because the lawyer's like well Ed's like well come to dinner at our house and we'll, uh, we'll prove, to we'll you prove yeah, yes. we'll prove to you that it does. And the next scene, you've got the lawyer looking absolutely fucking shit scared, yeah. and she's like, "We're pleading not guilty by demonic yeah. possession." And so he, he's managed to change her round, and the court takes us into account, and we then get a flashback to where they first moved in because Ed and Lorraine Warren are like, "Right, we need to yeah. go from the starting point." So this was a na- this was a good scene. This was very well done. David is on the waterbed. He runs in. And he's laid on it, and this was. It reminded me of. Um, I know For it's very Nightmare different. Nightmare on Elm Street, yeah, you know when you where it's. The wall, yeah, yeah. God. Well. What? I'm not all laid. Because <laughs> I know you don't like Nightmare yeah, on Elm Street. I know you're not a fan. But it's, it's one like, of the most iconic The latex scenes, wall, yeah. yeah. Through the wall. But I, I did like this scene. I thought it was really good. So David's laid on the waterbed, and you get sort of like a bird's eye view of him. And you get this ghost-like figure moving in the waterbed yeah. and, like, pouring at it. Yeah. And just as he's about to grab it, he sort of, like, bursts through the yeah. waterbed and pulls him down. But David manages to get off it and he's sort of in the corner of the floor and he's crying and his sister and brother come in and it's sort of like, it's okay, it's, yeah. it's fine, you're okay. 
Uh, I'd love to go on a waterbed. I don't think I'd like to have one of it. I bet it fucks up with your back. Yeah, because it it must mould to your shape, but they're not really. I get what you're saying. But I would like to have a. I would like to try one. Uh, They look where the waterbed was, Ed, in the rain, and uh, Ed sort of like bends down and is like, "That's not water damage." (laughs) And I was like, "Well, it's fucking demon damage, then, because you're. uh, That's what you're going with." And they decide to go under the floor because it's all on a ground floor level at this point. Yeah. They say, well, it's got to be underneath. There's something There's something underneath where that waterbed was. Yeah, there's like black, all black shit dripping down, isn't there? Yeah, and this is, this is sort of what I mean. I mean, I know you think that I was like reading too much into it, but, you know, as somebody who does like the film version of Ed and Lorraine Warren, it, there was just none of this like, you'll get your dress dirty... Going, you're gonna ruin your dress if you go down there. Like Lorraine Warren doesn't care about a fucking dress. Like she, she wants to get to the heart of it. And I just thought it was a really offhand comment because they'd always been so passionate about helping people, and it was just it was. I just think it was unnecessary to the script, and I was just a bit like, mm, that was a bit. I th- I think it's just Ed trying to look after her. Like he's not trying to patronize her and say. It, but it, to somebody who cares, and I understand what you mean. You are right. It, it probably as a scriptwriter was just oh. Is showing he cares, but I was just a bit like, yeah, but she, you know, she's never been bothered before. There's never been like a comment like that before. But whatever, it, it is what it is. But I just love how she, she's like, just hold my purse. I was like, yeah, fuck off. Yeah, that, yeah, exactly. That, that, that. But that's what I like about Ed and Lorraine. I think that works perfectly in that relationship. It's almost like Lorraine saying, like, it's it's never just been like Ed doing all the graph. Like Lorraine's yeah. more than willing to get stuck in as well. Yeah, I just I think Ed was aware that she was always willing to get stuck in and it just it it just seemed a bit out of place yeah for me in this film that was all so i hate under the house scenes they really freak me out i think it's the idea of being closed in a very enclosed space space, have you ever watched the visit no we'll do that at some point but the visit there's a scene and they're playing hide and seek under the floorboards of the house and like there's something crawling and chasing her and it's like the old lady that's crawling folding it's really quick and it freaks me the fuck out but it it is creepy. Right. So there's loads of rats around and then there's a totem and she gets another vision when she touches it. And then the priest who dealt with the exorcism is explaining that there's another priest that's dealt with this shit before called Father Kastner. And he's a very weird man. Yeah. And this bit makes me laugh because they go visit him. And I remember being at the cinema. So when I went to go see this at the cinema with Tanya... We snuck a couple of bottle of wines, bottles of wine in, and we were—I wouldn't want to say we were drunk, but we were feeling quite merry at this point. And this bit where she, like he goes to shake his hand and he's like, "I've, I've got chicken shit on my hands," yeah. and I, it just made me piss, and I was—I was full on laughing. And they go downstairs. This bit makes this bit boils my blood because uh, the the Ed Warren's like why would you keep all this stuff downstairs? Yeah, and he's, he's like, I'd just rather keep it. I was like, you fucking yeah, hypocrite. Yeah. <laughs> you have got a demon basement. Like, shut the fuck up, Ed. But I did laugh. And the at this point, the witch lady is doing a ritual to Arnie. So Arnie's in the prison mopping the infirmary and he sees this scary thing that and drops a bucket. Yeah. And the bucket's then pulled away from under the bed. And the guy who's in the infirmary then suddenly starts sitting up and singing Call Me. Yeah. In like a really slow, monotonous way. And it's quite creepy and like, ooh. But uh, then the, the demon witch is there and shit gets fucked up again. 
Shit gets fucked up. I liked the little... Did you get the mention of the Perrin family? Mm, bringing flowers from the first Conjuring? The oh, is that, is that, I yeah, that, I they, they sent flowers and uh, Ed and Lorraine Warren decide to travel to get a case file because they think it will help with the... They think there's another, the same thing happening in a different place. Similar. Another curse is active somewhere else and they want to try yeah. and get the file to use it as evidence. So Lorraine strikes a deal, which is find Jessica in return for the case I, I, file. I love Lorraine's fucking attitude towards this as well. She's like, so Ed, funny. And gets offended by the patronising thing, whereas Lorraine just kind of thinks, well, I just I know I can yeah. shut him up. I've got to get this like, case file. Oh, you file. missed that turn that you found him at and all that. And he continues so just smiling and like, thinking, what the fuck? Oh, shit, yeah, you're but right. But that is how anyone would act like. If someone came up to me and was like, oh, yeah, I can do all this, I'd be like, oh, yeah, of course you can. Yeah, right, show me. All right, then do that. And then she does it and you're like, oh, fucking hell. And then she's misinterpreting, like she's calling out stuff that she could never know. And I'd, I just like the that Lorraine doesn't try and, because in that phase, in that, in, in that position, it just shows how, how, Lorraine Warren doesn't seem to have a bad ba- bad bone in her body because then other people would be like what was that what was you saying that I don't fuck I can't do it yeah, I'm what? Like, yeah exactly <laughs> where she just keeps calm she doesn't try and rub it in she doesn't even raise an eyebrow at him as if to say ah now look who's an idiot but she just gets on with it she's like oh you missed the turn and he, he just stands there in disbelief I just think there's so many occasions in this, in this film where Lorraine looks at Ed like shut the fuck up yeah. and it just makes me laugh so much so it's like where he's like right, well which, which weapon did he stab her with like which knife was it and he's like my wife's not a parlor trick yeah. and then by that point she's just gone that one that one and it makes me laugh because you know what it, it, the, the, this is what stressed me out about it so Ed and Lorraine Warren a famous demonologist and like Lorraine had this psychic gift like you would like Ed must know that part of the job is she's got to have she's going to have to prove it yeah. like what can they do just be like no she doesn't have to prove anything the thing is there's ways and means about doing it there's, there, like the the cop was disrespectful towards her like he the, the, the way he spe- like there was like a sarcasm in his voice and he was mm. patronising so and, and then you've got to think that Ed, Ed, but Ed and Lorraine go through that all their life they yeah. must be used to it by now but what makes me laugh is the car drive as well so Elvis is playing in the background uh, she's, Ed, yeah, Ed and Lorraine's yeah. like oh I met him and he's like uh, alive or dead like before he died or after and she's like before and then she waits a bit and then she's like and, and after, after. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Ed laughs in the back which does make me chuckle and then she says you missed a turn and I, and it's little things like that that yeah. do that do make me laugh like they, they did implement a bit more humour it did feel more light hearted this film and I don't know whether that's something I didn't like about it maybe I didn't like it being as light hearted as there were, there were, cause there were brief moments of reprieve, like the bit where he sings "Can't Help Falling in Love with You" and yeah. and stuff like that. But I think largely it was a lot darker the first and second one, and I feel like that's maybe what I liked more about it. But it cuts them back to Annie in prison, and Debs and David are visiting him now. A bit questionable taking David to see him, but uh, is, is on is he on death row at this point? I don't. No, think they're, trying to, they're trying to trying to get they're trying, him, they're trying to, to do send it. Him to death. Because I thought for someone who's in, in for a crime, so, um, like, the, the crime was, from what Arnie would have said, it sounds very out of the blue, like, it wasn't like yeah. a premeditated thing. Yeah. So someone like that, you've got to keep under constant 24-hour watch, like, you can't be around other prisoners or anything. So yeah. I thought, God, this prison allows quite a lot of freedom for someone who could, in their eyes, attack at any point and kill again at any point. No, they're trying him for the death sentence. Yeah. But they can't do it, obviously, until he's found guilty, which hasn't been found yet. Yeah. So they, uh, 
I, I do like the bit. This the fucking kid makes me pissed though because Deb's just like there's something wrong, Arnie. This isn't you. Yeah. He's like, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. And then David's like, God, it's cold, isn't it? It's yeah. cold in here. And he's like, yeah, yeah, it's cold. And then he's like, I fucking got it. Yeah. I got you. And I was just like, that's so funny. This kid completely hoodwinks him. Yeah. He's like, when I was possessed, I was cold all the time yeah. as well. It's so good. But it then cuts to the forest scene. I, I really fucking like this scene. I, I, I like, I love Vera Farmiga's acting in this scene. I think it's superb. But she's, um, she's, she's sensational in whatever she does, to be fair. And, I do like it. I do like it. I've decided I do like that scene. So we were, we cut to the forest scene and they're trying to work out what happened. And Lorraine and Ed are standing in the middle with this police investigator because this is the problem. They've tried to find this body and they cannot find it anywhere, but they need to find it. Yeah. And Lorraine then puts herself into position of the, one of the girls, the, the girl who stabs her friend. Yeah. And there's, it, it turns dark, but Lorraine, Lorraine becomes her. It's not like she's watching it. Yeah. So there's really good scenes where she's like running through the forest. Ed's trying to fucking keep up with it. Yeah, and he's having like yeah, he's, I've just had a stent yeah. in. Yeah. And so he's like stressing out, but Lorraine's like flying through the forest, and the bit where the bit where she stabs her and then stabs God, the ground. It looks so good that like the way like just the movements and stuff. It looks so true yeah. to the flashback. So you can see it, it, and just to explain it briefly if you haven't seen it, Lorraine is stabbing through the air onto the ground. But yeah. she's got nothing in her hand, but it keeps cutting back to Lorraine in the flashback as the girl who has got the knife in her hand that's all bloody to Lorraine with nothing in her hand. Yeah. And it it's really well done. And then she keeps running so she's following them. And she turns around and sort of catches herself just off the edge of the cliff and she yeah. turns around because Ed's like, she's going to die. Shit, and he's, herself, yeah, yeah, and he's like, Lorraine! And she turns around and she, she starts like, she's really emotional and nearly crying. Then something grabs her ankle and drags her down. Ed makes this, I still don't know how Ed manages to make this leap. Yeah, but yeah. he jumps, grabs hold of Lorraine and manages to pull her back up but at this point Ed's having like a funny turn he's not having a heart attack as such but his heart's dicky isn't yeah. it it's like that's why he had the stent put in and the paramedics say um, you know you, you need to be taking this medication he's like I forgot my pills and I'm like just fucking remember your pills but yeah. he does set up really cute yeah, later it does, yeah. so she now so you've got the added thing of Ed being weak and like Ed nearly dying at any point and it just presents that tension more and more and at this point, Debs is panicking in towards Anna because she feels like something followed him. And what makes me laugh is he's in this padded cell on his own and the priest comes in and hands him a fucking glass, glass bottle. bottle yeah. Why would you do that? He says, Dunny, he says, Everybody's even, got the right. even the condemned deserve the right to oh, defend no, themselves. Is it, yeah, is it, is it the condemned? Is that what he says? He says something like that. Yeah. But he says, like, everyone has the right to defend themselves pretty yeah. much. But. And, and Arnie, like, this is another thing I was like, eh, like, why don't you just drink the water, the holy water, rather than spread it? Like, surely it's right. Disrespectful. No. No. I'm not sure. Like, but surely if you... Well, that, that like, is quite a common theme, though, don't they? They even say, with like, with most things, like, there's some way you've got to sprinkle yourself with a circle of salt. Circle it's of like, salt, It's like yeah. a protection thing, isn't it? I don't know why, though. Oh, a, a demon's like slugs. I don't know. It's, it's, it's some religious say so, isn't it? Is it? 
But no, I wonder what I, I wonder I, what salt has to do with it. Well, if you if you put a ring or something around it, it repels. Yeah, why salt? Well, I don't I don't know. I don't I don't think salt's a religious one. I think that's like a I think it was for an urban legend. Maybe. You put your ring folklore and then like made yeah then. There was like, there, there is a film about it. Um, yeah, there's it's the Midnight Man. The Midnight Man, that's the one. Yeah, yeah, maybe maybe it's just like come to fruition yeah. as things have become more prominent. But yeah, I, it could be. Hmm. I'm going to Google why salt later. That's right. good. that's good. <laughs> I have thrown there. Right. So the Ed and Lorraine. This makes me laugh when they try and get into the morgue and Lorraine's like, "Oh, it's closed." <laughs> just fucking yeah, that, that for me we'll seems a bit out. out of character. Like, would you would you just smack like would Ed and Lorraine want and break into a morgue? No, that's really against. Like the law, mock policy. Well, it, it's one. One, it's disrespectful to the dead, which I suppose they probably get a pass to not be bothered about because they can speak to the dead, so they can probably just apologise. Uh, that is, yeah. I just thought that's not. It's not really like them. It's not, and and this is where the slight discrepancies about Ed and Lorraine's character come in. You can tell it's been directed by different people. Di- yeah. Different. Even if I didn't know that. I knew it had been a di- different director already. I would be able to pick up on the fact that James Wan did not direct that. Yeah. Because they, they are slightly different in how they've been presented. I thought you were Googling Salt Land. No, I'm not, no. You, you're Googling what horror films yeah. <laughs> do for this week, aren't you? So, after the, so they break into the morgue and the they're trying to work out which corpse is the one that they need to touch in order to... like find out more about this case. And the ranger strides straight forward and she touches this corpse's hand, which looks fucking rank, by the way. Oh, yeah, it's horrible. So we learn that the connection between Lorraine and the occultist works both ways. So it's not just Lorraine that can see the occultist, it's the occultist that can see Lorraine. Which is, like, this This is a part where I just, I just start loving this film more and more. I love the fucking puzzle it's got to be and I love the fact... There's a part at the end of the film that pisses me off and it's the only thing that really wound me up in this film. But... So, yeah, the... They learn that when Lorraine's because it's a real person, like Lorraine's up against a real person, mm. which is what what I enjoyed about the, the final part of the film. It felt like it felt like God's embodiment of him versus de- the devil's embodiment of him. Like it was Lorraine representing God, and it was a devil representing this witch. Like it was yeah. it was literally like cat and mouse trying one trying to to get rid of the other. And I I, I love that premise, and I I like the rules that they're set at this point. So, um, the the scene where the the witch is about to do, like you can see Annie's hand grabbing him she's going she's got him she's got Annie and you can see it and it's Lorraine that eventually stops him isn't it and then that mm. I think it's after that she learns that they can also see us and yeah, then from that moment you, you get chills because you think well does that now know does that does that now mean that this curse that they can't figure out how to break is now going to become upon Lorraine and Warren uh, Lorraine and Warren Lorraine and Ed, <laughs> Lorraine and Warren which when it gets the flowers a bit later oh god I fucking love shit like that in this see. Film. I don't. Um, did you know what you wanted? Me, you wanted a reason behind the why I don't like this film, other than historic. Or I don't like the villain. I don't like the antagonist. Do you not? No, I think she was very meh. I don't, and it's not so much what she is. It's it was her. I don't know. It was her demeanor through the film. I just I, she was very forgettable, and I don't. I would not if you picked if you put a lineup of Victorian women. Even though it's not set in the eighteen hundreds, she did look Victorian. I wouldn't be able to pick out who she was. I, I do agree with you. I, I do agree that she's um, like she doesn't re- like considering she's a main antagonist. Yeah. But I feel like it's more mystery than antagonist. Yeah. This film, it's more trying to figure it out. It's like a fucking Scooby Doo episode, but just amplified into horror. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like oh, we need to like the fact like it wasn't 
we need to figure out how to stop this demon. It was like, we need to oh, stop this person. It was stop this curse. It was always about yeah. the witchcraftery, wasn't it? You it just, wasn't about... you look at, but you look at like de- the demon. So you look at uh, Bathsheba in The Conjuring, Fred and Valak in Conjuring 2 mm. and The Nun. And then you look at, I, I will. I will agree with you. She's the weakest of the. Yeah, like, she's, I think she's that's a, maybe she's, where she's it a, she's is. She's the most forgettable, but it's a storyline that I I prefer more. Yeah, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. So after that, the they work out it's both ways, and there's the scene with Ed where he's chased by the person, like the bloated. Yeah, that corpse. fat corpse. I just he popped up again later in the film. I just thought it just looks a bit weak. Is it not her? I think it might have been. Yeah, but I just thought it looked. I, uh, you, Stuff like that just... It did make me squirm oh, it's, a little bit. It's disgusting, bit. but it's not, it's no, not scary when, looking. No, it's not scary. It's not so much the scare. It made me a little bit when it smacked its head off the corner, though, when you were... Oh, it, that yeah, made yeah. made me want to throw up a little bit. But um, he's trying to fuck it up, but nearly... So, oh, no, 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 I'm going back. So they are all discussing what this thing could be, like, what's behind this case. And you are right, it's like a murder mystery. Yeah. It's like, well... What what are we what connection are we not making yeah. at this moment in time? And Ed ends up fainting, and he wakes up, and this bloated and decayed girl's going for him. What I really like is he sees the witch first. The, I, I hate saying the word witch because it's not she's not a witch. The the woman she see he sees the woman first, and she's like, "You're so close. I'd hate for you to give up now." Yeah. And then the bloated person comes back in, and. He's trying to fucking kill it and he's like, go and stab it. But actually, it's, it's Lorraine. And the helper was the one who grabbed Ed's hand or else he'd have killed her. Yeah, he'd have killed Lorraine. And like, this this pisses me off later on in the film, by the way. We'll get to it when I get back. I'm just I know exactly what you're going to say as well. I know exactly right. where you're going. So we learn that, we learn that, um, the, the, the sort of like, well, how has this happened? Like, what, how did she get to us? Blah, blah, blah. And Lorraine looks at the flowers and they're dead. Whereas the other one's out and she drops, the, the vase drops and this totem comes out. This makes me piss because that totem would have never fit into the vase. I, I fucking love it, me. I, I love the 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 realisation of like the flowers and they're all dead. And he's like, they only arrived yesterday. And then he's fucking looking around, dropped and the, the totem's there. And it's like, oh, Ed and Lorraine and that, that Yeah, but that plot point would have been fine if they'd have just done a bigger vase. She maybe built around it. Yeah, no. It, <laughs> even even with that, it would not have fit. Like, you oh, look right. at the size of the totem and the size of the vase, and it just does Unless not fit. Unless it was fit. a smaller totem, or can you see in his hand? Yeah, you can see it. It would is. not have fit at all. But all they'd have to do was put it in a bigger vase, and it would have been yeah. fine. So the actual concept is fine, but it just didn't work I wish out. we'd use that totem. You know, at the end, it, they, they put that little cup on the shelf. Yeah. I wish they'd done the totem instead. Yeah, but that curses them, doesn't it? I think they, they broke the curse, didn't they? The, the woman failed the curse, so that, that curse is nothing now. But then is it not? A de- then it's not demonic anymore. So why would they keep it? Yeah, but the cup is not de- de- demonic, is it? Well, we don't know. That, I think that's the point. It's like the. It's just like a keepsake, isn't it? I suppose. But I yeah the, yeah I get what you mean. Yeah, I, I, you are right. The story tells you that they keep them because there's demonic like possessions attached to it. Like it's almost like. I think maybe so. That I think just thinking about it now, the totem, even it, the totem was not the curse, but a total, a totem. It's sort of no matter if the curse is broken or not, it's like a bad omen, maybe. Maybe because yeah. you've got to remember, Annie's no longer in that house, and David is no longer possessed, but that totem is still there and it's rotting the floorboards. Yeah. So maybe it could be something to do with that. I'm not sure, but I get what you mean. I mean, not much in this fucking plot line makes sense. So. 
you know, they could have got away with just giving the totem and just leaving it as that. I like as well, so I know we've gone past it a little bit, but when Lorraine and the woman are face-to-face, face, not face-to-face, face, I can't remember if they are or not, when they, like she thinks, when she basically learns that it can come both ways, and then she says, then your God has damned you. When she's like, God has, like she's, Lorraine's preaching about God or something, yeah. and she just basically says, well, God's fucked you now, because I know what you look she like. She says, God has given me the power to see yeah, then what you, you've then done. God has damned like, you. Yeah, that is good. Because she knows that she can now put a curse on it. Yeah, that is good. So Arnie is in the infirmary because he smashed the glass when he was in the padded cell and tried to cut his wrists. And yeah. he, to be fair, he looked in a really bad way. Like it looked like they nearly succeeded. And Debs is with Fa- Debs and Father Newman are together as well. And Lorraine's going to get the book translated at the Father Kastner's house because she says that he's the only like she saw a book like that before, and it seems that's what's going on so she goes to his house and she's like i know it's late and i'm really sorry but could you could you translate this for me it's really important and he's like yeah that's fine but then he locks her in now we think he's a bad guy for that but he's not he's not a good guy but he's not a bad guy either yeah so this makes me laugh this so this house literally served the purpose and these tunnels they were like we need a really scary place yeah for the I, I, I agree with that there was never a part of it just like oh by the way this house has got tunnels under it and yeah like, oh, suddenly right, it's like water train Water. But I do I Train. tunnels. <laughs> I do like the idea of the need to like I like the rules that are set by this curse. Not set by the curse, but that you need to break a curse. So you've got to find the altar. Yeah. Like there was so what was it? Um you find the altar, the curse must be completed to protect the the caster's soul, and then the curse does it. It's got a what is it? It's got to kill a child. Is it kill a child? It's got to do something with child. Um Make a sacrifice and somewhere else is. I think there's another killing there or something. Yeah, somewhere else. But I, th- I think that the, the to, for the curse to be completed, they've got to do these three things, and then the curse is settled. But like, as you find out later on in the film, if there's if you've made a deal with a demon, essentially is what you're doing. You yeah. made a deal with the devil. So but if you don't complete these tasks, then the devil takes the, your soul. Yeah, the it, demon takes your soul instead. Yeah. So the Lorraine goes down to the basement with. Father Kastner, and we learned that the occultist was actually his daughter. Can I just say that scene where she goes down and it's pitch black? Yeah, like, no, no, not, not even that. And then she's like, "Hello, hello," looking around, and you expect a big jump scare, and he just flicks a light on him. Like, yeah. what, what are you doing, you creep? Like, why? Is, <laughs> he just why, wanted to be scared. That's what I mean. I don't like stuff like that where it's unnecessarily like. You could. I, I think Conjurings have learned are uh, probably the masters at making a suspenseful scene without having to. Do you know what I mean? Like having yeah. a guy sat there in the dark just to turn a light on and make you jump. It's like, well, why is he sat there in the dark anyway? The fucking weirdo. So we essentially learned that um, this 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 occultist, like the the father Kastner was a dad, and because he was religious, he obviously tried to keep her on the straight and narrow all her life. But she rebelled massively and got into all this he, occultist thing. He was always into this like cursing stuff. Yeah. Wasn't he? So and he says that because if you essentially if you bring someone up and like Try they, and they they see everything you're doing that they will become a part yeah. of it and she just chose the wrong part like she you can imagine she you, chose you, the bad end you get this idea she was reading up on it and rather than all this protective stuff appealing to it the cursing the side appeals to it yeah. yeah and she chose it. it's I love the twist yeah I don't think I don't think it's a it's not one because I'm, I'm, I'm not going to oversell the film even but it's unreal the twist isn't one where you think like a, like a really good twist is one that 
that has you the whole film on a string and it's like you think this is true but it's not this one you'd never know that the daughter yeah. it, it, but it was nicely it, put it, in it, yeah it was a nice little all like it's, it's his daughter but it wasn't like one that made you think oh my god this whole time I've been like you was never to know and is is I like the fact that he was like because he's not a bad guy but he's not a good guy because then he was like because Lorraine was like you knew this entire time that do, it was do you know, do you know a twist that it reminds me of it's the same twist as the Roman twist between the killer and Scream 3 it's not something that you think you clever little bastard yeah, but, but it's actually, something you think oh it ties it all it ties in well. yeah it's one of them ones but he said you know I, I hoped it wasn't her and then I hoped that I could tri- prevent the path and yeah. so he was just being a father like he was just doing what he could do for his daughter so it doesn't make it he did the wrong thing for the right reasons. He just wanted to protect his daughter. But Lorraine was like, you knew it was her this entire time and you said nothing. And he's like, yeah, yeah, to be fair, I did. Like, near enough, I, I knew what was going on. So he sends Lorraine down into the tunnels because he says that's where the altar is. And he, But uh, he then, he's then like, you need to go now because he can hear her. And he's like, it's her, he's he's like, she's, and coming. she's coming. So he sends Lorraine into the tunnels. So actually, he's, he sort of knows he's gone too far and he's trying to in it, I think he rectify knows what die. he did. Yeah, he knows what's happening. And I just love how she's standing there and she's like, hello, papa. And I was yeah. just like, what, this is fucking weird. And he's like, what, what, he says something. He says something to her and then she's just gone and like she's behind him and slits yeah, his throat. slits his throat. And the thing is, Lorraine can see it so she's seeing she's, please, yeah, the connection's this still was there. good so I like the bit where she finds the altar and she's trying to push it over and I'm at this point I'm like Lorraine you're not going to be able to push yeah. it over but try another method and she finds the altar she's trying to break it but as she's trying to break it she's getting flashbacks of the witch moving through the tunnel yeah she can see her yeah. for her. and then eventually the last scene you get is she can see herself as the witch yeah. and she she ends up gets she gets Lorraine down at the floor now this this bit was the creepiest part in the film for me and it's not a particularly it's, scary it, bit. Even, uh, it, I don't think it is what you're gonna say, but I forgot to mention earlier the bone cracking in this in this film, like you know, that's like, right. the morph, and yeah. the, morph like, the kid does it at the start, yeah, and then that's pretty creepy. And it does it, at yeah, the end. yeah, and it's just oh god, it made me cringe. But this was what was creepy for me. This was the scariest bit. Is where she's got Lorraine down on the floor, and she's holding the knife, and all she's doing is like, look at me. Open your eyes, look at me. Look yeah. At me. That creeped me the fuck yeah, out. And I was strange. sitting there watching it and I was like, oh, I do not like this bit. But it wasn't scary as much as it was unsettling. Yeah. Like, it, it really, it's something with eyes for me. If you've got a knife near an eye, it really creeps me out. But at this point, oh, yeah. no, go on. Go I was, like, was just going to say, I really like in this end scene as well when the morphing between the connections, so they keep seeing different people at different times. It's, yeah. it's weird. So Ed ends up, come, gets on the scene and he runs in. And he sees Lorraine running and he's like, Lorraine? And it's not actually her. So there's like a there's like a little black spot. So it's Lorraine running. And then as the she enters yeah. the shadow, she becomes the witch and blows magic sound. Yeah, <laughs> blows his shit in face. In his face. I don't think we've mentioned it. And I think it is happening at this point, but it's really back and forth. But at this point, um, Arnie is in his prison cell. Yeah. And he's, he's, no, he's in the infirmary He's in the infirmary still. and he's going absolutely mental. Like you can, he's being, I don't know what's happening, but he's being fucking possessed or something. Do you know like, what makes me pissed? I'm like, what? Yeah, the fuck? Like, I do. Uh, fair play to the fucking to the vicar who was there or whatever it is to call because he stayed there and he stood does. by him. He, even I, I'm not a man of God and I don't I don't claim I ever have been, but there's only a certain point where the fate what? I don't know. Is there? Is there? A... Yeah, you're a woman of God. You're a man of God. You, you believe? No, I know, but is there not? Is it? Is it a TikTok or a rhyme? Is that I'm a man of God? Oh, oh yeah. Is that sorry? Just that is an audio. <laughs> 
But surely faith only gets you so far. And when yeah. I see someone start to levitate and crack the back, I'm you like, think, nah, I'm done. Fair play, yeah. fair play, I'm done. So yeah, but the staff made me laugh at this because they were just behind this glass. Yeah. Can you imagine what they must be thinking? Like, what the fuck is going on here? But the magic sand has made Ed sort of possessed in a way, but not like massively possessed by the yeah. demon, but just possessed in general. And he just ends up getting this fucking mallet and he's just hammering fuck out of everything. Like, and it's... How those tunnels did not collapse, yeah. I will never know. Because he's just taking all the structure out. Meanwhile, Arnie's getting fucked up and he's contorting everywhere. And he, Ed, manage, Ed manages to find Lorraine and she she's sort of laid... Like, he's hammering fuck out of her and she's, she's trying, trying to, to sit down her. and she's like... Ed, remember, you've got to remember me. She's like, you've won, you know, if you if you let us see this, you've won. She thinks our love is weak, but it's what brings us strength. Yeah. And he gets a f- flashback to the meeting, and it, it's this really is cute. what pisses me off. I knew this would piss you off. True love prevails. Like, I, right? I am. I am also a sucker, believe it or not, friend Lorraine. I really do like how the how they portrayed on screen. I like the I like the Condren's relationship between Ed and Lorraine Warren. Yeah. It's one of the reasons why the films do so well because if there wasn't in if each film it changed complete cast, there'd still be good stories, but people watching Fred and Lorraine. So, I, I, but the thing is, right, I'm meant to be scared, and the whole thing of this curse is like, throughout the whole film, it's so violent, it's unstoppable. Like, you, like, like a curse is a curse, and there's this specific way that they said, these are the ways you break the curse. Oh, I love you. I love you, don't hit me. Oh, I'm so powerful now. It's like, come Ed and Lorraine's love surpasses It's bullshit, man. Like, what? They don't need. Oh, it is bullshit, but it's funny. But you know what I said would have been so much better, and it would have made you think. The both survived, like, it's all still hunky dory at the end, it's happy ending. But Lorraine, like, the chase scene leads her into the altar. Lorraine jumps out the way, and then Ed smashes the altar with a sledgehammer. And then it breaks the curse. That breaks the curse. Everyone's okay. Lorraine knows that Ed Ed didn't want to kill her. It was this curse, and it's like, oh, that. But now it makes me feel like they they're bigger than anything paranormal or demonic like that, which maybe is the the cute lovey dovey story at the end, like oh you can't beat the love, but it was a fucking curse, like it, the just stay true to what you want and it shouldn't be able to be broken unless these rules yeah. that you set earlier in the phone. I know it wasn't truly broken either. What no? How does the table? Do, yeah, does Ed mallets it? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, so he, he breaks his possession that, himself. That whole scene of their love being above all else could have been taken out completely and he could have just, Lorraine could have just jumped at the last minute and that, him That's what I think would have been instead. so much better, like the curse break accidentally yeah. rather than by true love because I just feel it like... Was, it it would be almost justification if the the occultist's undoing was exactly. the fact that it's her own curse it's even better own curse killed her, like, well, condemned her to yeah. hell. Um, but it, it reminds me of Harry Potter... It, it gave me Harry Potter vibes. So it's the idea that a mother's love is what saves all. Like Lily saved Harry because yeah. she loved him so much. Just like then in Deathly Hallows Part 2, Molly Weasley was suddenly yeah. able to overcome Bellatrix Lestrange. Like the most fierce witches like that. that. I just Bullshit. Think, and, and I get for some people where they're, they're like into all that, but horror in the place for that all the time. Yeah. Like maybe we should have just had it where it was just pot luck that the curse was broken. Yeah, I mean... But we've, to be fair, we've never had that before in the con. It's not like that finishes every single time. I mean, the first conjuring, Lorraine does do that because she grips onto Bathsheba's head and she's like, remember that day at the beach? Yeah. Which is not to do with her and Ed. The second one, it's she's only saving him from Valor. Yeah. And so that's not it. So the conjuring three, it was like, our love surpasses all demonic activity. But it's Ed and Lorraine Morris, so I don't mind so much, even though it was bullshit. to watch. I know, I know you'd, I knew you'd roll your eyes at that ending. So the uh, true love prevails, the altar breaks, and then 
like they're standing there like holding each other and all's well and then the witch steps forward and the demons behind it and it looks like the witch it looks like the, yeah. the occultist but just with like orange eyes yeah. and he's like that's the thing with curses like if you break yeah. them uh, Ed, it still Ed, needs a soul Ed says you promise a demon a soul and it can't go back to hell without one yeah. and that just I was like oh go and on Ed and it's so good because then her arm breaks and then yeah. a, a, it's the one where a back Oh yeah, cracks just snaps. And just snaps. He, he falls like a fucking table. I this. I, I'm a, I'm a nerd for like the law of it. Like I like hearing the rules of what you can and can't do, which is why it upsets me so much. Like like I like that you promise a demon a soul and it's it's not leaving without one. That's why she has to die. Yeah. Which is why I get a bit upset when it's like oh you can't just break the law because they love each other. Like that's that that like yeah. curse has to happen or it has to be broken. Not and not by. A little peck on the cheek or whatever. It what is. what makes me piss is that when they end up going out of the house and then all the police arrive, like they're not going to have to answer some fucking questions yeah. about why there's a woman absolutely obliterated yeah, in the tunnels, a guy slit his throat, and they're just walking out like all's well. But then he sits there and he's out of breath and he's re- he's he's about to take this funny turn and he's like, "Hun, I forgot my pills." And she She's opens a locket and there's a pill in it, and I was like, "That's." There, there's Ew. a little love prevails thing. Don't fucking break the It actually me. warms my soul. Like, that, that really was, even I put, oh, the pill in the locket. Like, even for me, who don't really agree with all that shit in horror. It's not, uh, not don't agree with it, but I don't, um, I'm not, it don't, yeah. it don't do it yeah. yeah, I don't think, oh, that's so sweet. But even that was like, oh, that is quite that cute. It's quite cute. She kept one because she knew he'd forget. And then we learn at the end that Ed built Lorraine her gazebo. Yeah. And the one that they fell fell in love under, and it was it was all cute and all well. And the little final bit is actually Arnie was convicted of manslaughter, so it wasn't murder in the first degree. He got convicted of manslaughter, and he got five years. He, he no, he got a certain amount of time in jail, but he only served five years for good behaviour. And then he married Debs, and he, I think he died. I think he died of cancer. I'm not sure. Recently, pretty recently. But I did. The, I did think at the end when he did that, I was like, "How can you be tried for manslaughter when you've got a room full of hospital staff that saw you being possessed? Yeah. Like this, this, you'd either get nothing or you'd be sent down for murder. You can't yeah. be like, oh, well, it won't, it won't his fault, but we can't. I, yeah. Well, you can, you could you be like, well, someone's got to do time Paid for this murder. For this murder. Yeah. But yeah, and then that's that's the end of the film. This is the longest episode. I know. Shaz's gonna think I've gone missing. We need to round round this up. <laughs> was the scream episode longer? I think so. I think the scream episode was about an hour and a half. I think ish. Give or take. I haven't edited it yet, so. Right, but don't edit out our debate. I won't. Well, I won't because that's sick. half an hour of the fucking thing gone. <laughs> True. Right. So budget. Oh God. Twenty-eight million. Thirty-nine million. Oh, I'm not. not I'm, too I'm far. getting better at this. You, you, you were out of your budget, so you still lost this week, but you weren't too far out of your budget. Mm. And your box office. One hundred and twenty-four million. Two hundred and one point nine million. Jesus Christ! And you've got to remember as well. As much as I didn't like this film for various reasons, even that, like this film came out. So a, its release was extended due to covid yeah. and b it was released at a time where people were still nervous to go out to the cinema to go and watch films yeah. because of covid so i think it would have made even more money if it had been out of covid circumstances so to be fair to it it did a bloody good job right. even though it's one of the it, it officially is the most disputed review to box office so yeah. a lot of people didn't like it but it still made a lot of money so, in actual real life, the judge in the Arnie Shea and Johnson case completely rejected the defence plea of not guilty for demonic possession because he said it was impossible to prove. 
The Glatzels, the family, had two other sons that weren't depicted in the film, and one actually denounced the Warrens as frauds and said they exploited David's mental illness. Yeah, possible. Because that was what it's was poss- wrong. It's possible. No, that, that he was diagnosed with oh, mental right. illness. Well, that, well, that, that just back to my point of earlier about Ed and Lorraine Warren like, yeah. being perceived as angels. And yeah, yeah, definitely. It was the first of the Conjuring series that James Wan didn't direct, although he had a large part in production. Emerald Wolf was the contortionist in the opening scene and there were no special effects at all to her movements. Nice. That was completely her. That's the impressive. only difference was they only used CGI to put David's face yeah. on her body. That's but impressive. Her actual body movements were completely done without any special effects. The police success right, this is what fucks me off. So the police successfully proved Arnie had been drinking in the case of the murder because an ambulance worker testified he had heard Debbie Glatzel tell her father upon the crime scene, Oh daddy, he didn't mean to do it. You know how he gets when he's been drinking. Yeah, so I, I do understand why you cross. Yeah. I, I understand. I think the mix was you you thought I didn't think that why he was cross was a reason to dislike the movie whereas I think I just look at my opinion is you should disconnect from movies yeah. that's a different whereas you you just can't do that like that's yeah, just it's you, really you, hard you're too me. passionate about it especially when it's a film that you're a yeah, franchise enjoy. that you like yeah. yeah the name of the occultist is never mentioned in the film it's only revealed very briefly at the end of the film when the when Father Kastner shows an old photo album and her name is Isla mm. so my would you rather is not a would you rather I want you to rank the Conjuring series from The Conjuring 1, The Conjuring 2, Conjuring The Devil Made Me Do It, Annabelle and The Nun. So one to five. One being your favourite and five being your least favourite. Uh, Annabelle five. Mm-hmm. Conjuring two fourth. Mm-hmm. Conjuring one third. Mm-hmm. Um, Conjuring three, The Devil Made Me Do It. Second and the nun first. Still think the nun Still takes the nun it first, for you. Yeah. So mine was just that scene of her coming out of the water and going, Oh, oh god. Don't look at me like that again. It, that was the creepiest thing you've me. ever done. Just, just coming out of the water like, with her teeth like oh god, it's awful. That is a good scene. So mine was Conjuring the Devil Made Me Do It Five, The Nun Four, Annabelle Three, The Conjuring Two, Two, and The Conjuring One One. Nice. And so wait, so what, what? Say your bottom three again. My bottom. So conjuring three was. Devil last. made me do it last. Not saying I hate it. I don't. It's like It's different the film. to what you yeah. like in a conjuring. I don't That's hate why. the film, but I don't like it. Yeah. I would watch it again. Like if somebody said, "Oh, should we stick the conjuring three on?" I'd be like, "Yeah, all right, whatever." But I won't take as much interest if it was like the conjuring yeah. one. So conjuring devil made me do it was fifth. The nun was fourth. Annabelle was third. Yeah. But I'm taking into account all the Annabelle films. You've only seen. One, the one. one, whereas Annabelle comes home is like the best Annabelle in my opinion, so I feel like right film for next week. I haven't seen before, so it's going to be new for okay. both. I'm guessing in the tall grass. Have you seen it? No, it's on I Netflix, haven't. But I've, I've, it, whenever, I've whenever I scroll through Netflix, I always see it on there because obviously I normally watch horrors on there. So okay, it's going to be a new film for us both. Yeah, I like it when that happens. So that'll be out Monday. I mean, we've enjoyed if you are still listening because we're now an hour and twenty six into it. But it's good to have a fucking debate sometimes. We like yeah. Some, when we agree, it gets a bit boring. Yeah. So Monday, no midweek this week. Nope. Monday in the tall grass. All right. Thanks for listening. Bye.